Hello, everybody. Welcome into Camel Call Friday with Evan Budrovich. I'm Chris Hammer. We have a lot of great stuff to talk about baseball on the top of the list. But coming up in the uh, second part of this podcast, we'll have a, a fun conversation with uh, Anthony Delorso. He is the Big South Conference's Freshman of the Year. He's from Australia. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. And so uh, for, for a piece, a feature piece on him that we're doing, um, I've got the raw audio from that. So uh, that'll be fun to get to know a little bit about the uh, sensational Aussie. Hey, speaking of sensational, two nights ago, Campbell, the 18th ranked team in the country in baseball for now, beat 10th ranked East Carolina for the second time this year. It was a neutral site down in Fayetteville, a fantastic game, a 2-1 win in front of 3,000 people. It really had a regional atmosphere and Campbell got the job done. They have been hitting better than almost every other team in the country. They're in the top 15 in pretty much every offensive categories, but they've been winning lately, and they won on Wednesday because of their pitching. Well, how about this? So Hunter Lloyd, the ETSU transfer, who has a fantastic mustache, and there's been pictures of the mustache sharing on social media. Sure. He had a tough first inning. Bases loaded. He gets out of the threat and has now gone five innings plus in, in every midweek start. Like, he's been rock solid. They actually like him as the second or third best arm, but he's working in the midweeks for these big yeah. games. And then Aaron Rund, who two years ago on this very day, didn't pitch. He was a reserve, basically walk-on arm that they brought in, and they threw him into a game against North Carolina in mop-up duty, and he pitched really well. Yeah. Two years later, he's now the closer and legit three to four inning long reliever. And Rund was really good with that last strikeout to end the game as well. So Again, it's not eight different arms, but sometimes you need your two best to go out there and, and they perform. Yeah, Campbell has such a depth at pitching and depth in bullpens, which no matter how good your starters are, you're going to need your bullpen. You're going to need your bullpen a lot uh, in a regional. So just sensational. And, and really, you look at you look at Campbell's upcoming schedule and, you know, They've got a target on their back every time they play a team, no matter what the record is. It's going to be a team that's not only going to want in conference to take down Campbell that has won yeah. this darn conference for four straight years, but now they're going to want to take down a top 20 probably by next week, a top 15 team. So, look, baseball, the best team doesn't always win. We, we all know how that is. But, my goodness, you, you look at the upcoming schedule and they have a chance to put together a lot of wins and keep moving on up the poles. It's just a, it's just a sensational start to the season. They have the second fewest losses in the country. Yeah. So two is the number one team. <laughs> yeah. They have three losses. Yeah. So right now, they're sitting, like you said, top 20. They'll yeah. move into the top 15 come Monday. All of a sudden, you're sitting in there and saying, hey, two months left in the season. Right. You can't guarantee you're going 24-0 and, and 0 in the Big South. There are going to be some losses, but you have to limit those losses. Yeah. They head to Radford, whose RPI is 276. Now, you can look at that and say they're not a good team. Radford went to NC State and had the lead in the ninth inning. It's not a bad Radford team, and if you – slip up or don't pitch well on the road yeah. it can happen now to Hare's credit they've been really good Campbell has in the big south of beating bad teams only lost three games last year so this is their test if they can go to Radford and sweep it's like wow this team can only play ECU but they can go to Radford and win on that red turf yeah that ugly bases red yeah turf. oh my gosh Ugh. they're they're Friday and Saturday starters as Campbell and and, and Kate Keeler and Chance D'Aquila, they're undefeated this year. They, they haven't lost a game on Friday or Saturday. It's a really good name. They haven't. They and he's a good pitcher. 
They haven't lost a game on, on, on Friday or Saturday. And again, they have played the reasons why they're ranked is because not only their record, but they've played a lot of very good teams, a lot of good teams on the road. And ECU is a very good team. ECU for the last 20 years has always had a really good team in the top 25. This is what a lot of people think is their best team, and Campbell is is beating them, and it beat them in a couple of different ways. So it'll be interesting. The two teams will meet the last week of the regular season like they usually do um, in Greenville, so it'll be sensational. As you pointed out, Campbell will be on the road. They'll be uh, back in town in two weekends um, taking on a, a Charleston Southern Jim Perry day will be uh, sprinkled in on that on that Friday night. So it'll be a lot of fun, GoCamels.com. This weekend, speaking of big conference matchups, Campbell Softball, who is off to a sensational start, already 20 wins on the season. They will take on the preseason favorites in the Big South Conference and USC Upstate. Upstate uh, picked to win, and they have two really, really, really good pitchers. They've lost only three games so far this season much like Campbell they've beaten power five so this is a really big early season test with the two teams in my eyes will compete for a big south conference title and it's coming up doubleheader on Saturday one and three and then Sunday at one it'll be on ESPN plus but we'd love to see out and Chris Hawkins is a tremendous coach he was a former baseball player at upstate and now coaches the softball team for 25 years they have no budget they have no facilities they have no resources, and he finds a way to win every year at Upstate. They always have a great start. Campbell has lost series at Upstate before, and then they've beaten them in the playoffs. They think back to two years ago in the championship. Like, yeah. That rivalry is intense, and those teams do not like each other. They do not. It's kind of like Longwood where the three schools are all really good, and they know it. So I, that would be a heck of a weekend because if Campbell already has 20 wins and they win two or three at home, they put themselves in a great spot with Longwood coming up to – really put that icing on the cake and start strong in conference. Yeah, and and USC Upstate is when they came over into the conference in all sports, everybody was like, hey, Upstate has a lot of work to do in a lot of these sports. They're not great, but softball, they were very good in the Atlantic Sun. They've come in here and they've run into Longwood. They've run into Campbell. They haven't had the, we're going to come into this Big South Conference and run it like they thought they would. So this is sort of the, okay, here we are. We're going to establish our our, our dominance. Campbell has a chip on their shoulder. That it's pitching new, matchup of Alyssa Kelly right? for it's Upstate, be really who has good. a .63 ERA. And Bella yeah. Smith, who came in and earned the win on Wednesday in the big uh, non-conference game against Queens, like those two pitchers are the two best in the league. Yeah. And if, if you want to come out and watch great pitching and defense, Saturday and Sunday are, are for you. Yeah, it, it's going to be great. And, and you wouldn't think Campbell, who has won – two regular seasons and two tournament championships year after year would have a chip on their shoulder, but they were picked third and USC upstate, you know, they've been very confident in themselves. And so, and, and so we'll see again, regardless of what happens this weekend, when the series lose the series sweep gets swept, you know, the, there's still so much of the softball season to go. But I, I tell you what, this is a, a big, important series in March. Um, also coming up at home, Women's lacrosse will be versus Coastal Carolina as the uh, women's lacrosse team has been really, really good. They are a young team, but they are gelling quickly, scoring goals, playing great defense as well. They finally have depth in a lot of position, including uh, in the cage, as they say. Yeah, that is the goalkeeper position. So something to note, Campbell played Clemson earlier this year, a first-year Clemson program. They were in the game in the fourth quarter. Clemson has now defeated Radford, Gardner-Webb, 
um, Wofford, who's now in the Big South, yeah. lacrosse, and Furman, all four of those games have been 15 to 20 goal blowouts. Campbell was in the game in the third. They lost by 11 eventually. But just to give you a little comparison's sake, like the Campbells are in a position to have a really good Big South year. Mercer and High Point, those are the two big dogs. Yeah. And the Camels are right there as that next team that could sneak in and, and compete for a title. Yeah, no doubt. Um, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun weekend against that rivalry of a team that um, it's just down the road. Brings in back Myrtle the memories Beach. of hosting Coastal on a Wednesday afternoon pre Hurricane Matthews. <laughs> or pre Florence, sorry. When yeah. we snuck the game in with an FBS team that drove to Bowie's Creek and then drove down away from the storm. Yeah. And we wrapped up a game and you know, had to beat the, the hurricane. That'll be on your uh, stands edition of uh, Tales from the Creek uh, <laughs> coming up in a in a couple of weeks. Tennis is at home as uh, taking on South Carolina State in both uh, men's and women's. That'll be at two this week. We talked about baseball on the road, four, four, and one. All those games will be on ESPN Plus, and a a, a rare chance to see our uh, fantastic men's and women's track team. They are up. At the uh, Raleigh Relays, it's a huge meet that that brings in great teams from all over the region and and all over the country. And those will be streamed. Yeah, yeah. On ACC Network Extra, and so those will be and those will be there on on Friday and Saturday too. Um, online, GoCamels.com, uh, a complete list of everything you can see. Uh, men's golf goes with the Seahawk Intercollegiate at Wilmington. And um, yeah, just a just a sensational time of the year. The the winter sports we have uh, we have put all of those after a successful couple of seasons to bed, and now we are full bore into the spring as we're getting into conference season. And again, boy Campbell, you know, in the track and the women's lacrosse and the tennis and the golf and the softball and the baseball always has been good, but this year they seem to be even surpassing the very high bar that they've that they've set for themselves. This will be neat. I mean, you mentioned the end of the winter sports, and now with all eyes on baseball, with their great start, yeah. they're sort of the flag bearer for this athletic department now. There's no doubt. National exposure, big wins, Justin Hare's personality, their attendance numbers, and these other programs want to follow suit. We know what softball's done with their yeah. titles. We know track can easily win an indoor and outdoor title. Sometimes the numbers don't always add up, but they have the talent. And the tennis programs, David Johnson is – the perfect fit to win a big – he's always in a championship match or in a semifinal. This is a fun time for winners because that's what – this is Winner's Creek, man. Yeah. I'm no diving doubt. into the old the old theology there of Winner's Creek. No doubt. No Champions doubt. Creek, too. Champions Creek. Champions Creek, winners, water, a little bit of everything. Thanks, Evan. I don't think a lot of people realize how big basketball is in Australia, especially your professional league. Tell me about your professional league and growing up watching that. Yeah, so the NBL back home is it's huge and it's growing by the, by the season. So um, being able to watch that as a kid, then sort of grow up and see those guys that I looked up to um, was like awesome experience. Sort of helped me picture what I wanted to do. Sort of seeing guys training with them, playing with them, seeing what they've done that's what I want to do, so I can follow in their footsteps sort of thing. So it, people don't realize how big it is, I think, because of the exposure it has. But we've had a lot of big names like LaMelo Ball, those types of guys that sort of helped us build the league. 
And then now, for, for guys like me, my age, it's promising for us to go back home and play. No doubt. Is, is that your dream? Uh, eventually, yes. Just because I'd like to go back home and play for, play for my city, but I'm not sure at the, at the moment right now. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. You, you've, you've got a time to, uh, to, to, to figure that out. Um, wow, what a, what a freshman year. I know it's still fresh for you. You're still probably trying to process everything that, that, that happened, but when you think now of your first year here in a Campbell uniform, what, what kind of comes to your mind? Yeah, I've, I've loved the experience here at Campbell. Uh, obviously, coming in, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know much of the system or what it would look like. So I sort of came out here and said, whatever happens, happens. Just play, enjoy the experience. It's not often a kid gets to go across the world and play basketball. So um, yeah, I'm just super honored with what I've achieved and humbled to keep going and, and get better year by year. You are the Big South Conference Freshman of the Year. You not only had a, a good freshman year, you had a great freshman year. How were you able to come into college ball and contribute and play so well so quickly? Um, I think that's got to do with my sort of upbringing of where I'm from. Um, the type of basketball I played back home, obviously playing sort of that semi-pro league, I was playing against you know grown men, ex-professionals. So. The, the ability to play in that physicality sort of helped me get sort of a head start compared to a normal freshman, I, I, I think. But um, just the willingness to just go out there and get better. Like at the start, things don't always work as you want them. Some, some people think they're gonna come in and dominate from the get-go, but it takes time, build that chemistry, build the trust within the team. And then as the season went on, it was sort of felt like I can really do whatever I want. That's a unique part of, of the youth basketball in Australia. It's similar to the European model. Describe, go into a little bit more detail of that because you are playing against grown men. Yeah, so we, back in Australia, we play more of a FIBA style of basketball, European style. So the team aspect is a lot more uh, known opposed to like a one-on-one -on -one type of game. So passing, cutting, more IQ plays is more the way that most teams like to approach it. So being around that has sort of helped me become like, obviously playing a guard, I have to worry about everyone on the court, how to get people open, how to get myself open, all these types of things. So I feel like that environment that I've been in sort of helped me develop to who I am, but it's definitely coming here and playing that different style of more aggressive, more score first mindset was um, definitely, I got a balance of both now, which I'm super uh, happy for. I'm sure that attracted you to this style of the play. You're like, hey, that's how I've been playing my entire life. What do you like about, about this offense, Campbell basketball? Yeah, this offense is unique because coming to America, obviously watching some big time schools play, their offense is sort of quick hitters, quick pick and rolls, stuff that doesn't get the ball moving that much. So seeing Campbell play sort of new to me that I was like, okay, everyone's touching the ball, everyone's, there's opportunities for everyone. You just got to be able to be smart, get your timing right, and then anyone can really score. So that sort of togetherness and, and willing to share the ball sort of really opened my eyes to find my spot within the team. And then building off of my previous history, it was kind of second nature. And when you are playing in youth ball and coming up, you're playing against guys that have been professionals, are going to be professionals. You're playing against some old men. What's that aspect like? Yeah, it's cool. It's a different dynamic because some nights I'm playing against people who played in the NBA, some guys who played in the NBL, and they're sort of on the end of their career. But then I'm also playing against kids that are on the uprise, NBA draft board, stuff like that. So I had the balance of both, and that sort of exposure to the professional side of it, such as like scouting reports and stuff like that, really prepared me well, I think. And I'm glad I took that route to come to college and play semi-pro back home. 
Tell me about where you're from in Australia. Yes, I'm from Melbourne, a uh, city in Victoria. Um, it's a huge city, a lot of friends and family back there. Um, I've been playing basketball my whole life there. It's very, I like to compare it to a sort of New York type, type of area. It's very, you know, a lot of buildings, a lot of people, a lot of like chaos going on, but that's how I like it. So coming to Bowie's Creek was a big shift for me, but I do like it here as well. Um, Australia, the United States, other than the accents, saying mates instead of fringe and a couple of other words, what are some of the big difference now that you've lived in both places for a while? Uh, big differences would be food. Food's a big difference, sort of the availability. Just because we don't have anything similar to that, just you can walk two minutes and you've got all you can eat. So um, stuff like that, um, the accents, people just different. Uh, that's really it. The food was the key one there, getting used to all that. What do you like about the American culture now that you've been here for a while? Uh, well, Campbell, I like Campbell because everyone, it's, it's like everyone knows everyone. Like you can walk down the street and people will know your game you just had, they know who you are, they'd love to talk to you, it's super friendly. So that aspect sort of takes your mind off all the pressure sometimes because you know like people do care about you. Even though you might know them, not know them, they still care about you. So that sort of helped me get through the year, especially tough times, tough games, stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that's what I love about Campbell. We are so happy that you are here. Tell me the story about how a uh, pretty darn good basketball player in high school in Australia gets halfway across the world to Bowie's Creek, North Carolina. Yeah, so just playing basketball, didn't really have any, didn't know much about what was next, the, the journey to college life, pro, all that kind of stuff. But I was just playing basketball back home for my high school coach and sort of kept getting better and better. And then he sort of explained to me one day, like, you know, this could be a real thing. Um, it gets that college level. And I just sort of stuck with him, trusted him, kept playing, and eventually I just got good enough to get to this level. And then I've been able to show what I can do here, so. And your yeah. first time on campus was after you took a really long plane ride and got here, is that right? Yeah, about 24 hours of flying. Uh, got here on the day school started, so it was a very sort of fast-tracked process. Very quick trip and I was here, but yeah, I don't regret any of it. Um, you started off fast in the middle of the season, you all of a sudden were on everybody's, the top of everybody's scouting report. You went through, you were so good all year, so um, it wasn't a rough stretch, but, but your production went down a little bit as you adjusted to it. What adjustments did you make and how did you get back on your projection that just kept going up and up? Yeah, so obviously I started off real hot, just being new, not many people sort of knew who I was, so that scouting aspect was kind of difficult for people to know what I was gonna do really. So. I used that to my advantage, but as conference play started and I played about 15, 20 games or so, my identity sort of became known what I could do. So that adjustment in that middle sort of period of the season, getting different looks off ball screens, different, different sort of shutdowns and transitions, stuff that I was getting easy before sort of became like a little more difficult. So that period was really eye-opening for me to, you know, get in the gym, get with the coaches, start sort of getting the details, the fine details of how I can continue to go up instead of sort of stay level. Um, but then once sort of the back end of the season came around, the tournament came around, you sort of get that new level of aggressiveness, open open eyes, like, all right, we've got to really do this now. So I just sat with coaches, sat with my teammates and watched people from the sidelines, what they were observing. And I listened to them and then I just put that into my game. So I'm glad I did that because the output I had at the end was, was uh, a big key 
compared to what the middle of the season was. What a run in the tournament for you and this team. What was that like to go through that and be so hot? Yeah, that, that experience was like nothing else. Um, I've never been in a stadium like that big or that sort of environment uh, for such a quick, for a quick set of games. So playing those four games in six days or whatever it was, was, was really exciting. And um, that level of competitiveness and toughness that every team had, no matter what happened during the season, was, was like nothing else. So I'm glad that we got so far, but we couldn't cap it off, unfortunately. But I'm sure we'll be back soon. You got that ball in the middle of the lane at the end of the game against Gardner-Webb and, and put it in to, to, to send us to the, to the championship. Take me through that moment. Yeah, so uh, sort of had to play last second. They just scored two free throws. So it was down one, about, I think it was 10 seconds, 12 seconds left. Uh, we drew up a play. We had a few plays, sort of scramble mode in the timeout. Didn't really know what they were going to throw at us. We drew up a play for uh, Rick to try and get downhill because Rick, super quick, super athletic. We knew we trust him with the ball. Um, Radford came out, sort of guarded him tight. So I was like, got to go, time's ticking. I just used my instincts, trusted myself, uh, followed the ball after Ricky drove and then fell in my hands and I just shot it up. What was that feeling like after? Yeah, like that feeling was incredible. I never felt anything like that. Sort of didn't really know what happened for a second. Uh, it's, everything just happened so fast. But um, yeah, afterwards, was, the thrill in the locker room was incredible. And uh, back to the hotel and everything gave us a chance at an NCAA appearance. Finally, what are your goals for this offseason? Goals for me would be get stronger, get more developed in my game. Just now that I've had this season under my belt, I know what I can do well, but also what opponents know that I'm struggling with. So fine-tuning those weaknesses to make me even better. That way, the next few years, I'm unstoppable. So things like in the weight room, lifting, all that kind of stuff will help. And that's why I feel like this off-season will be super important for me in my development. What are a couple things that I don't know about you? Maybe how you are off the court, some different things. What, what have I not found out about you in this fantastic first year here at Campbell? Um, off the court, I just like to, I chew a lot of my teammates most of the time. Where I think that's what helped us become so good on the court. Guys like Jesus, uh, G, L, V, those sort of guys, uh, I was hanging around with them every day. So we just sit at home, play some video games, play pickup, play get shots up, whatever. We, we didn't care what we did, it was just, as long as we're like all together spending time, like we're gonna have fun. So um, that's pretty much what I do. Uh, I like to play a lot of golf. Me and Jason uh, play a lot of golf together. Uh, that's sort of fun playing up here. So yeah, that's pretty much it. You're a golfer. Yeah, I do. I love golf. <laughs> I'm not very good, but I love playing. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.